Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guests are Dr. Elspeth Muth and Freddie Zentel-Weaver. Elspeth and Freddie have assisted thousands of couples and singles to create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their life and relationships. They're featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy award-winning NBC show, Starting Over. They're best authors of sexual enlightenment endorsed by world-renowned spiritual pioneer, Dr. Michael Beckwith. Ellsworth and Freddie are husband and wife, as well as business partners, and they live in Chicago. So I am super excited to welcome Ellsworth and Freddie to the show. Welcome, guys. Hi, Sarah. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. Well, I'm very excited about this topic because being British, we don't talk about sex much. So this is going to push probably a lot of my listeners a little bit out of their comfort zone. And it's going to be really interesting. Now, I've read your book. It's fascinating. I have so many, so many questions for you both. But to start us off, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, because that was really interesting in the book, how you both got to be experts in this field. You started in very different places, didn't you? Yeah, we did, Sorrow. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about me. I, I was first introduced to these practices when I was 13 years old, living in Hawaii. I was going through my puberty and spending a lot of time in the shower. <laughs> my father at the time was a practicing psychiatrist, and he took pity on me, probably thought I was going to hurt myself in there. So he gave me a book to read on how to integrate meditation and sex practices. So I loved it. My girlfriend loved it. I had this dream of playing college basketball on athletic scholarship, but doubted my capacity and skill. So the practices actually actually allowed me to get past that doubt and that you know ambivalence. And I did go on to college and played on athletic scholarship. After college, I kept reading and doing these practices uh, and applying them uh, in my personal relationships and never thought I'd teach this, but I was in the software business for a long time. And initially it was really exciting to, to be in that, that industry. And then after about 15 years, it was just a job. So I was looking at how to reinvigorate, re-inspire myself. So there was a job opportunity in Chicago. So they hired me, moved me there. Uh, I was single at the time. And I was online looking for Shakti, a female Tantra partner. And I found Elspeth. And I really came to Chicago to meet Elspeth because we, six months to the day, formed this work. And it's been 21 years. We've worked all over the world with couples and singles and individuals, te teaching them these practices that we're going to talk more with you about. So that's how I started with this. Yeah, I was the icing on the cake of coming here. <laughs> yes. For you, wasn't that? Yeah, you were. And you, yeah, the cherry on top, absolutely. <laughs> So my story is very different, as you already know, Sarah, from the from the book, from our introduction to our sexual enlightenment book. And so I wish I would have had a dad who would have given me a book on sex consciousness when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. 
but far from it. I don't know about you, Sarah, in your home, but that was not customary in my family. Just the opposite. Or mine. <laughs> <laughs> British, so, remember, this is not something that we talk about that openly. It's not much different in most parts of the world, actually, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I um, grew up in Germany, as you may be able to tell from my accent, and came to the United States uh, in my late 20s to do postgraduate work in music, and then got my doctorate in education and moved on into management consulting. So that was in the 90s, and I had gotten really good at the consulting part, yet was miserable in relationship. I had this pattern of attracting unavailable men. And while that was quite exciting, you know, most of the time I was alone. And uh, I remember vividly, there came a time when I got very despaired, like seeing the trajectory in front of me, if I was not going to shift this pattern, I would end up most likely without lasting intimacy and love in my life. And I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So there was something that eluded me. So I put myself on the way to find out what that was that kept me from being able to sustain love and intimacy. And I delved deeply into meditation and then deeply into studying Tantra. And it was so life-changing for me that I not only left consulting, but as you can tell now, through meeting Freddie six months beyond my tantric healing, my tantric clearing, you know, shifted pretty much my life. And the clearing, what it was about, uh, was that I discovered that I had held distrust towards men and I did not know about that. I was very charming. You would not have, uh, you know, called me a distrusting bitch if you had known me <laughs> 25 or 23 <laughs> years ago. I reeled them in. I was very inviting. Yet underneath, you know, what we call the subconscious, that is what was running the show not visible to my conscious mind. So we can unpack this a little bit more because I think many women struggle with, you know, actually live in some illusion and cannot get out of it, so. Yeah, I think you're so right. And I think when you come out of a relationship and you're heartbroken and maybe you've been betrayed, you know, those, we do go on a bit of journey of self-discovery again and trying to to break down, you know, why things have happened to us and learn from those. So it's a great time to start looking at these things. Now, your book is called Sexual Enlightenment. What is sexual enlightenment? Mm -hmm. Great, good question. And the reason we're here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so sexual enlightenment, what we are doing is forever we've been procreating with the sexual energy, creating life. The last hundred or so years, recreating with the development of contraceptives, and what we're sharing is how to co-create with this creative life force energy, creating life before we had language. So what we're teaching are specific distinctions that allow one to draw on the altered state of consciousness that happens when we're in the sexual experience, right? So when our energy is one, it, you know, it can manifest a lot of different ways. It's all energy, just a lot of 
you know, uh, energy. It's all energy. Uh, but when it manifests as sexual energy, it's unique. It's creative and it's pleasurable. So in that altered state, learning the practices of the witness state of mind, breathing with intention, like say, I want to get over this broken heart and I want to love again. Uh, getting in touch with how that lives for us as a belief and working with the energetic realities of that, how, you know, I feel sad in my heart, my, my muscles are tight, I can't breathe, whatever else shows up, to be able to watch all of that, to get a little distance from it in that altered state is what we're working with in terms of how the sexual energy and the aliveness of that allow us to get more deeply connected with what Elspeth mentioned earlier, the subconscious aspects of how all things, things live for us. Yeah, and you know, Sarah, it's all about coming to live a fulfilled life. Mm. If this is by ourselves or with another, with a beloved, wherever I am, it's me who is there. So whatever I radiate, you know, affects my environment. And so that coming to inner bliss as a state versus a destination has a lot to do with cultivating sexual enlightenment. I would like to build a little bit on that so that the listeners can get a sense of, you know, how could that be made applicable to myself? So if we look at the human being, there is this life force energy running through us that is given to us from the moment of conception to the moment we leave this planet. We do not generate it. It is within us. However, given that life force energy and breath go hand in hand, we can affect the flow of life force energy through the breath. So how we know that they go together is when we see someone die, what goes last is the breath. And once the breath is gone, life or energy is gone. So if they go together in dying, they must go together when we are alive. And we put this to use here. So one aspect is that we learn how to drop into our conscious breath because we breathe all the time, but not consciously. You know, so it's the diaphragmatic breath, and that leads us actually then to become more aware of our energy, life force energy that moves up from the base of the spine to the top of the head and back down again. It does this all the time. Each inhalation, it goes up, exhalation, it goes down, just like blood flow. We don't notice blood flow, but guess what? It flows there all the time. The same with life force energy. Then life force energy is sexual energy. You know, we often think, oh, there's life force energy. And then at some point when I'm aroused, it's sexual energy. No, it's the same energy just showing up at different gradations, like from a subtle state to perhaps a pleasant state. You know, when I'm a little bit more, <clears throat> when I feel the breeze on my skin, and then all the way up to a highly aroused state, the climactic state or the ejaculatory state. So although ejaculatory state is not much a state, it goes like it comes and goes quickly, but anyway, so we can learn how to play that whole, you know, gradation, just like a flute that has different registers. So we become aware and then can move emotional energy, mental energy, 
and yes, sexual aroused energy, so that it imbues our whole being, our body. You can imagine that this becomes a much fuller experience in the pleasure state, both in solo practice, and then of course also in beloved's practice. And then we can learn to channel that wonderful creative energy into our pursuits. You know, if I move that up consciously, through my third eye, I can send it into my podcast. I can send it into a new project because it's creative energy. I love that. I mean, it's fascinating to hear what you're saying because I, don't, I think most people think that that sexual energy is really reserved for the bedroom rather than in all areas of our life. So how can that benefit us in everyday life? Yeah, it's the listening that happens when we bring consciousness to this sexual energy. So whether you're doing consciousness work or not, when we're in that energy, as I mentioned earlier, we're in an altered state, right? We're more loving, open, vulnerable, receptive, chemically we're changed, more oxytocin, endorphin, serotonin, the feel-good hormones. So when you bring consciousness to that altered state with intention, what starts to show up are the kernel or the essence of that energy, creativity and pleasure. So when we're listening at that level, the stories that we tell ourselves, the conversations that we have internally affect our energy and our feeling and our emotions and the way that we view and are in the world. So as opposed to like, well, hey, my job, 30 more years of retirement, that dog doesn't hunt anymore because what happens when we have that conversation energetically? I don't feel excited about my work. I'm feeling more, you know, less energetic. And so when we start listening at that level, we shift the whole way we're perceiving and experiencing our life. So it goes beyond the bedroom. Um, so again, we can have a lot of fun with sex and it's been that way forever. There's an intelligence. And sometimes people listen to this conversation, they might go, oh, this sounds a little woo-woo. You know, but what's really woo woo are single cell amoebas, multi celled organisms, a universe that goes on for ad infinitum, and that's our lineage. So we're just I starting. Love woo -woo, to... by the way. I love uh, woo woo on the show. We love, we, we love woo woo on the show. <laughs> good, good, good. That keeps us open. So, yeah, I think there's a lot. I think that, you know, as we can continue to stop the vilification and unconsciousness around our sexual selves, we can start to build a world that sees ourselves in each other. You know, peace is just a thought away, you know, so if we could, we could teach these practices to nuns and priests if they were vowed to celibacy. It's about where we are when we're in that sexual energy as a way of being. It's not even about the act once you bring the consciousness to it. And it doesn't take away from the other things that we do with sex. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, 
live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. Actually, I want to say that really becoming more aware of our sexual, emotional, spiritual self and come into tune with these three anchors, given that socially and historically, the sexual and the spiritual were separate. They didn't belong together, perhaps to this day. But we are these human beings, the earthly and heavenly beings simultaneously that makes us so miraculous, you know, and we can feel both, we can tune with both. And then coming to that, actually, my sexual self informs my heart self, informs my mental and spiritual self, and vice versa, so that my spirit speaks to my sexual being, to my pleasure being. It's all one, yet they are different dimensions. I find this fascinating and, I, and I, I'm listening and thinking, I mean, I love this. And you two, if you're watching on YouTube, you, you are glowing. You know, this, this is coming from your heart, which, you know, it's mm. obviously you know, flows through you, which is phenomenal to see. And I encourage everyone to jump on YouTube and watch the video. Um, what about the stigma and the shame that is associated? And I know you were talking, Elspeth, a little bit about how you grew up. It wasn't something that you were comfortable talking about. How do you get to the point from that background where you are talking about it so freely and so comfortable to talk about it, not just, you know, within your relationship, but also to others as well? How, how do people listening maybe that they're struggling with that? How, how, what advice do you have to help them to shift to that point? Yeah, so shame, fear, guilt and embarrassment is so much associated with pleasure. You know, and this is not an individual emotion. These are not individual emotions. They are collective emotions that we inherited from our parents, grandparents, generationally. And so how I hear your question is like, how can I free myself from these, you know, debilitating emotions because they actually constrict my life force energy, which is pleasure energy, not only in the bedroom, but in life itself. You know, so you say we are glowing. It has a lot to do with each of us, you know, doing our regular practices of moving our energy, connecting with each other, and often not necessarily sexually, but emotional flow. And let know? me add to this in terms of how do we actually shift something that is so deeply wired for us. So the thing that connects us to this elegant design of the universe that goes on forever is our imagination, our capacity to co conceive of something that's never been before. So in this case, let's say I want to get past my shame and guilt around my sexual self. So when I go to say a self-love practice, not even, we're not even calling it masturbation, but a self-love practice where you're actually doing meditation, some of the practices that we teach around the distinctions of working with your life force energy. And then that thing shows up, that guilt, oh, and that shame. And, that. and then so we develop what's called the witness state of mind, where we can start to step a little bit away 
from the physical experience of how that shows up for us, the story making that we have around that. And we can watch that and we can breathe into that. And what happens in a very short period of time is we, what I call, start to flatten those beliefs and those energetic reactions. And then eventually it's just a blip on the horizon. And then we're moved with Gracie's and flow towards what we wanted to create. And that's the practical application to this work as we can use it to live more fully. Sarah, could I give an example? Yes, please. Yeah, from my personal life, actually, because I mentioned earlier that, you know, the practice of Tantra was so deeply healing for me and really shifted my life in many ways, or I shifted my life through it. And it, um, when I went through the healing, when I discovered that I distrusted men, it was not conceived for my conscious mind because I had done therapy around an earlier experience when I was 18 years old. Um, first boyfriend, first love, very blissful relationship. And then he asked me to have intercourse. And I said, yes, although I was not ready. And it was very painful. I had to go to the gynecologist and the bill from the gynecologist went to my house. My dad opened it, all hell broke loose. He called me a whore. The boyfriend left a few weeks later. So there I was totally alone. <clears throat> felt abandoned and no soul to turn to. That was also the time when I started closing off. Now, this is not a conscious decision or act. We do. It's a protection. It's to cope. And along with that closing off, I said to myself, see, Elspeth, men are never there for you when you really need them. And that decision trailed my young adult life, my older adult life. And while I had done therapy around it, so I thought that was resolved. But what I didn't know, what showed up for me in my tantric healing, that accesses the whole being, the physical, the sexual, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, what I saw was that there was a memory of that experience, like on the cellular level in my sexual center. The sexual center for a woman is called yoni in Sanskrit and yoni means sacred space, much more endearing than our clinical vagina, all kinds of not so pleasing terms for her. The sacred spaces that I honor, that I cherish, and in the ritual, that is really how I encounter myself and how the practice partner I worked with encountered myself. So it was not about sex. It was not about the giver. It was totally about me, where out of being there for me, this practice partner, in such a selfless way, just to support me so that I could clear what I wanted to clear, that is that in itself was a healing because that a man could be there for me, you know, without his own agenda, particularly in such proximity, you know, uh, that we were in. And so what came up, what I remembered at that moment, and like it was a feeling, 
was that 18 year old, the pain, the physical, the emotional pain was just like opening a valve where the steam comes out more intensely and then fizzles was the same kind of feeling. It got very intense, yet then it all fizzled out. And in place of it, what opened up for me was deeper trust for myself. Because in this kind of situation where we feel abandoned or betrayed, not cared for, not listened to, is usually, you know, that we just, um, as I said, we close off and don't want to open up anymore. And so deeper trust in myself, trust in men in general. And then Freddie came into my life six months later. Now for me, that was very much the intention of my work that I wanted to get clear what was in the way, clear that so that I was ready energetically, emotionally, you know, for the beloved to come into my life. And Freddie was available. And if I hadn't done my clearing work, guess what? I would not have recognized him as a potential partner because yeah, it would not have fit with the pattern. Yeah, and I think it's so, you know, it's so interesting you say, you know, actually facing up to what was going on and not running away from it, not shutting it down. I think very often that's, yeah, it's definitely something I work with on my clients to, to face up to. A lot of people listening will have been coming out of relationships where maybe they have had their trust broken as, as you were talking about there, or they've been betrayed, or maybe they were in a toxic or abusive relationship. So their confidence is very low. And the thought of dating anyone else is just not something they want to consider. Um, for a very long time, if ever. Um, I've had clients saying, I'm never going to date again. I'm not wanting to open myself up to that kind of, of pain. And the thought of having sex with somebody, you know, if you've been married for many, many years, that can be, you know, even if you haven't, that can be a very daunting prospect. So what advice, Freddie, do you have for somebody who's who's facing that right now and thinking, well, this is all great and nice but it's not for me because I don't want to put myself in that position I can't imagine getting naked with somebody again yeah and again if someone chooses and they're happy in that choice there's nothing that anyone can say that should make them want to do anything else it's when they want to do something else but they just can't imagine it but they want to that's right. when these practices can be really vital. And, and so what Elspeth shared in her, her experience is what happens for all of us. We have these impacting moments in our life. I mean, potty training. I mean, being born. I mean, we start, this stuff is like remembering what we've forgotten because we start out in the womb, you know, womb service, and we're just floating in the embryonic fluid and life is wonderful. And all of a sudden we're born and there's bright lights. We're whacked on the bottom. Some guys are getting their wee-wees cut. I mean, you're thinking, send me back. And then life happens, all the ups and downs and goods and bads. And we are making, remembering decisions we had are made to survive those moments, you know, broken hearts and all the other things. So when we get along to a point where we want to create something new that we haven't done before, and it's counter to something that we had an impacting experience that like, not to diminish what happened, but it lives for us like it happened just now, or it's happening now. That's when these practices are really important. So the first piece to getting past it, to answer your question, or working towards what we want to create is developing what we call the witness state of mind. And I can give your listeners a, a, an experience of that in one minute, if you want. Yes, please. Yeah, okay. go for it. 
So this is a breathing practice, and this helps to develop uh, first to, the, to see how busy our minds are. So have your listeners and you and me, we all just sit up comfortably, feeling uh, on our sit bones good. Eyes can be open, closed, or soft focus. This breathing is parasympathetic, so you want to put a hand on your belly, breathing through the nose. So, so quiet your mind, bring your awareness to your breath, following your breath into your nose down your trachea, into your lungs, extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. So really feel that extension as you inhale. Follow with your awareness, your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Letting any thoughts or conversations, interpretations, or meaning go for now. When you get distracted, bring your awareness back to following your breath, into your nose, down your trachea, lungs extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Stay with that breathing. You are your own witness to any thoughts, conversations, interpretations, or meaning. For these few moments, you have nothing to do but breathe and be. Stay with that breathing. Following your breath into your nose, trachea, lungs, extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Following your breath back up and out through your nose at your own pace, depth, and rhythm. And while you're breathing in and out, enjoying the breath coming and going, just like the ocean wave. Take a moment and notice how you're feeling right now, how your body is feeling. Notice any sensations or the absence of sensations. Now notice your emotional state. Just notice. And notice your state of mind, your state of thought. When you are ready, come back by opening your eyes. And Sarah, if you could share with us how you're feeling right now. It shuts down a lot of the internal chatter, doesn't it, that's going on because you're focusing on the breathing. That's the key, is because when we breathe normally, sympathetically in our upper chest and lungs, we don't think about it. The body gets oxygenated, it's all good. When we breathe parasympathetically, we actually have to put our minds focus on bringing the breath down and extending the diaphragm and belly. And most people, most of us can do it for about three breaths before a story starts or a conversation or interpretation or something happens. So as you continue to do this, we start to develop again, watching the thoughts without the total felt sense of the thoughts. Like they come up, but they just go away. We don't put any attention on them. And that's the capacity that we wanna keep building on with more familiarity and accessibility to when we have something we want to create, but the old story keeps coming up. I want to be in a relationship, but I can't imagine it. But I want to be in a relationship, but I can't imagine it. And then we can start to flatten again that old story and experience as it lives for us. Yeah. And relationship, yes or no, it's not that is not so important. The important part is that we heal our own suffering. Because if that goes on within me, there is suffering, there is you know, discomfort, be it physical, emotional, mental. 
I'm not integrated, I don't feel well, you know, on all levels. So for the sake of that, first and foremost. And, and so, Sarah, again, when you add the sexual meditation to this practice as one of the pieces, as the foundational piece, you can see how you are intimately exposed to aspects of your subconscious and your belief systems that normally we don't get to in just the analytical, oh, thank you for helping me understand why I fired my mother because I fought my girlfriend or whatever, the stories, you know, we can get in touch with the energy and the beliefs and how that lives for us. And choice starts to show up. I love it. I love it. I mean, I think all this is very, very important and being in tune with your own energy is is key. So for people listening right now, how can people find out more about you guys and the work you do and get in touch with you? Oh, thank you. Mm. Yeah. So our website is really a great place to start out. It's called tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A tantra nova like supernova um so we are the new tantra it's tantranova.com and there are lots of resources uh, on the home page just scroll down you get to our book sexual enlightenment which you can get either in hard copy or uh, audio book and then um, there are you know videos on the website you can go to our youtube uh, channel and then there's also program page like for example I work with women only as well both one-on-one -on -one, uh, all over the world through zoom or here at the institute Antonova Institute in Chicago I teach a three-day retreat for women where I actually really you know guide women in what we have been looking at in this conversation, how can I actually connect with the beloved within? Make peace, trust myself, and connect to my wonderful life energy, you know, and how that, however that may show up. So Freddie also has a men's workshop. So if someone wants to send their man to, you know, learn about his energy and how to connect to sex with his heart, which is really, you know, essential for men to become mm -hmm. more integrated. So, um, yeah, that's all available. And then, of course, our COVID workshops and people can come once they feel ready. Also, as singles, they pair up with another single. Initially, in our foundation's work, we don't go to the sexual it's all about cultivating emotional intimacy within, with self, and then with a partner. That doesn't mean that I have to become lovers with that practice partner. No, the practice partnership is there to see something about myself mm -hmm. and get the opportunity to shift it in the moment uh, so that it is no longer baggage of mine. And so in the practice partnership, we support each other. And I started going, studying Tantra like that because I didn't have a partner. I love it. I mean, gosh, there's so many things you guys do, so much opportunity to work with you. Um, I have one last question for you guys that I ask all my guests who come on my podcast. The podcast, as you know, is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I believe it's really important to identify what happiness is for you so you can spot it along the journey. So what is happiness for you both? 
Well, for me, Sara, it's one, teaching these practices to people and seeing what opens up for them in their quest to create more happiness and joy and fulfillment in their life. And two, riding my motorcycle around the country on tours. <laughs> and three, singing jazz. And probably maybe one, being with my beloved Elspeth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a lot of happiness. I love it. Elspeth. Yes. And um, my key to happiness is really that opening my heart to myself. So when Emma, I'm burdened with something or question something or disconnected with Freddie, what I have found to drop into my heart and listen to my heart, what would you like at this very moment? And then I wait for the answer. The answer may not come right away, but it usually shows up perhaps through someone else or the way Freddie is with me or just, you know, shifting out of my misery. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thank you, guys. I mean, you've shared so much wisdom, so many insights. And obviously, if people listening would like to go and get your book, Sexual Enlightenment, then it's available in Audible, as, on Audible as well, I think. So that's awesome. But thank you so much for being such fabulous guests. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Sarah. Yeah, really Sarah great. Yeah. great being here with you on your platform. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to tantranova.com to find out more about Elspeth and Freddie and all the different work they do. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.